Hi, and welcome to The Movie Girls, a podcast from two friends dedicated to answering the age-old question, which was better, the book or the movie? I'm Rosha. And I'm Hannah. And if you want to hear more from The Movie Girls, we are on Patreon. All you have to do to become a patron is go to patreon.com forward slash The Movie Girls. And we do have some fun stuff coming up on there. So uh, make sure to sign up really quick. You're not going to tell them what? Well, I I don't know. I was going to bury the lead and tell them at the end. Okay, we'll do that. (laughs) And this week we are covering Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. We've done it. We are at the finish line. I'm so proud of you. It was a real battle. These books are not easy to read, and they are long, and you you, you, you fought through seven it. Seven and it. seven weeks, man. It's pretty good. That was a lot. We started this during Christmas time. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so a fun thing that I really wanted to do, and I asked Hannah to, to keep track of it while she does her reads, because this is her, your first time reading them, yes. um, is we're going to rank our favorite to least favorite for book and movie. Yes. And I am super excited to hear your thoughts. <laughs> Okay, you want to do books first? Let's do books first. Okay. My favorite book was Half-Blood Prince. Okay. Second favorite, Deathly Hallows. Okay. Third, Order of the Phoenix. Fourth, Sorcerer's Stone, the very first one. Uh, Fifth, Goblet of Fire. Sixth, Prisoner of Azkaban. And seventh, Chamber of Secrets. Okay. We're not too off from no. each other. There's a few that are flip-flopped. And um, there, what was the one that was 800 pages? Because that one would have been... That was Order of the Phoenix. Yeah, that would have been number two, but it was like too I long. Said, way too long. <laughs> okay. Uh, so my favorite is Goblet of Fire. Um, I just... That whole book is my favorite. I don't know why, but <laughs> it just is. Um, next is also Deathly Hollows. Okay. Um, I thought that was a perfect ending to yes. the series. Um, third is Sorcerer's Stone. Can't go wrong right. with the classic. Uh, then Half-Blood Prince. Then Order of the Phoenix. And then my last two are also Prisoner yeah. and Chamber. See? Not too different. <laughs> yeah. I bet our movies are going to be different, though. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. So my favorite movies, Deathly Hallows Part 2. Wow. This movie, I mean, we'll talk about it going through this, but this movie had so many moments mm-hmm. to it that I was like, yes. That's fair. Yes, the whole time. Uh, second is Sorcerer's Stone. The first one. I mean, it... It's where it's, you get introduced yeah, to the whole world. There's yeah. so many moments in that one as well. Third is Half-Blood Prince. Fourth is Goblet of Fire, which is way higher than I thought it was going to be because <laughs> coming into this, I still couldn't get over their haircuts. Uh, fifth was Order of the Phoenix. Third, Prisoner of Azkaban. Two, Chamber of Secrets, which I thought was going to be the my bottom one. Yeah. But Deathly Hallows Part 1 was so boring. I just got to go at the bottom. Yeah. Okay. So our, our bottoms are pretty similar. Um, but my favorite is Half-Blood Prince for all the reasons mm. I already mentioned yeah. on the episode. Sorcerer's Stone, number two, right. obviously. It's hard because it's like I want to put Sorcerer's Stone first. But there's just so much good content that comes afterwards. Right. Right. <laughs> um, third, Goblet of Fire. Uh, fourth for me is Deathly Hallows. Um, like I said, two? part two. Yes, okay. sorry, part two. Um, great ending. Um, very well done. And we'll obviously talk about it. Uh, next, I've got Order of the Phoenix, then Prisoner, then Chamber of Secrets, and last but not least, Deathly Hallows part wow. one. Okay, it makes me feel good that you as a Potterhead, like our, our you know, our lists aren't too 
too off, off yeah. that makes me feel like I wasn't like totally in a different dimension. No, not at all. This. And I'd be curious, you know, what our listeners think. Um, we'll, maybe we'll put a poll up yeah. on, the, on the Instagram feed. But um, yeah, it, like Deathly Hallows Part 1 didn't even need to be a thing. Yeah. So <laughs> that's probably why it, it's at the bottom for both Speaking of us. Speaking of Instagram, I've loved our couple. We've had a couple of people post saying that we've inspired people to start rereading, re-reading and yeah. watching them. And I was like... Wow. We're glad we can help you waste your time. (laughs) Hey, it is not a waste of time. (laughs) Sure. Sure. Um, You also didn't ask me what I uh, titled this one. Oh, I'm sorry. What did you title this one? Can you guess? Uh, No. Always. Oh, I should have known. I had to. (laughs) Published July 21st, 2007, written by J.K. Rowling. Has a good read rating of 4.62 out of 5, and it's 759 pages. The movie came out, or the second part of this movie came out in 2011, which is just right after the first one. These were, just a reminder, these were all filmed at this, or this movie was filmed the same time, just split into two. So they probably could have just put them out right after each other, but they didn't. Or made it the one movie. <laughs> yes, correct. Uh, it's PG-13. This one is an adventure drama Ooh. fantasy. It's the only drama genre in this series. It was two hours and ten minutes, making it the very shortest... <laughs> movie in the series uh and actually i have a a note here that if someone attempted to watch all eight movies in one sitting it'd roughly be 18 hours and 20 minutes easy and i know that some (laughs) some movie theaters have done it where you can come and watch them all in a row um i'm pretty sure i don't know if it all seven had or all eight had come out but i've definitely done multiple like um binge watches of these movies it's a long time (laughs) but i've never i don't think i've done all eight simultaneously i still think adventures and star wars would probably take you longer oh for sure (laughs) i I know this for a fact because you guys made me do all the avengers movies not too long ago you make it sound like we like had a gun to your head (sighs) you might as well have it was a lot it was quite an undertaking um and then this one is obviously still directed by david yates Cool. So the IMDb synopsis for part two reads, Harry, Ron, and Hermione search for Voldemort's remaining horcruxes in their effort to destroy the Dark Lord as a final battle rages at Hogwarts. Do you have any additional facts or did we... uh... Mm -hmm. Oh. I do. I I made sure to keep a few additional ones for this for this episode. Um, so the other titles that JK Rowling had been considering for this specific book, the Deathly Hallows was Harry Potter and the Elder Wand and Harry Potter and the Peveril Quest. So Peveril Quest. Yeah. I can't remember what that is. <laughs> oh, it isn't Peveril the br- that's the name of the brothers. That was yes, the, the Peveril brothers. Yes, 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 yes. So yeah, basically I'm totally cool with Deathly Hollows. Yeah, I mean it, it encompasses kind of what what the whole you know yeah. book is about when you do it that way. So Rowling completed the book while staying at the Balmoral Hotel in Edinburgh uh, in January 2007 and left a signed statement on the marble bust of the of Hermes in her room, which read, J.K. Rowling finished writing Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows in this room, 552, on January 11th, 2007. So That's if you insane. go there, you can see it. That's really cool. I know. Super cool. <laughs> I love to see, like, you hear about writers going to, like, random places mm-hmm. to do books. I would yeah. love to see what other where other people did their books. Yeah. Um, lastly, the launch was celebrated by an all-night book signing and reading at the Natural History Museum in London, which Rowling attended, along with 1,700 guests chosen by ballot. Wow. Imagine being one of the lucky people that got to go to that. Have you ever <laughs> been to a book signing? I have not, no. I would love to. I have never have. It would be cool. I've I've been bummed because Jodie Picoult is one of my very mm-hmm. favorite authors, and I've seen her do them, but I just have never yeah. been in the know. I have noticed, you know, because obviously in the times it's hard to do them, so a lot of authors have been doing virtual book tours, basically. Mm-hmm like zoom calls where they allow you know their um their readers to buy a ticket and and do it okay well let's make it one of our goals to go to a book signing together i don't even care who it is 
I do. I care. I want it to be someone good. <laughs> Maybe it'll be someone new and then we'll, you know, discover them. Yeah. You never know. So this movie actually has a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, making wow. it the most highly rated Harry Potter or a movie of all time. That's great. Uh, the budget was $125 million and it grossed over $1.3 billion. Um, upon the release, uh, it set the record for the highest grossing opening weekend with uh, $169 million. Previously, it had been The Dark Knight, so it overtook The Dark Knight. Um, the record was then broken again 10 months later with The Avengers, who broke it at $207 million in three days. Bummer. <laughs> but if it's going to get taken down, obviously, I guess probably it has that. to be some sort of like a fandom type yeah. movie. Uh, so six of the eight Harry Potter movies were nominated for Oscars, totaling 12 nominations for the entire franchise. This last movie got three nominations in 2012. Um, unfortunately, they never won one mm-hmm. out of any of them, actually making film history for like the most nominations <laughs> without non- or series without ever winning. Um, however, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Um, actually ended up winning an Oscar for best costume when once that came out. Well, that's so, good at least. Extension. I of will it. say their their costumes are pretty pretty nice. Yeah, it was funny though. One of the things that they got nominated for, or Harry Potter did in this last one, was makeup. And I'm like, I mean, you just probably. I mean, I'm sure there's way more to it, but like, rub some dirt on them, and that's literally. What the, <laughs> yeah, and like the aging makeup wasn't great at the end. No. So. I thought that was interesting. Uh, Emma Watson and Rupert Grit, obviously Hermione and Ron, are <laughs> stated several times after this movie that their kissing scene it was extremely awkward because they have been like brother and sister for so many oh. years that they were like, this is not, that was not comfortable. And it only took them six scenes or six takes to get it right. Um, comparatively, it took Harry and Ginny about 10 to get theirs. And Ron and Lavender's was approximately 15 and Harry and Cho's took 30 takes to get. What does that say about true love? I would say that Harry or Ron and Hermione were meant to be. I mean, sure. <laughs> I will say um, during the midnight premiere of Deathly Hallows Part 2, when that kissing scene come, came on, the entire room erupted in applause. Well, yeah, it's like, finally. <laughs> yes. But if you think about it, like, you're probably going to have a better kiss with someone that you've like known for years than just like a random person. That's true. Maybe. I would think so. I don't know. So in the room of requirement scene, not the one with where the kids are hiding out, but the one where all the stuff is, mm-hmm. you can actually see the night that Ron rides on in Sorcerer's Stone. You can also see the Cornish Pixies from Gilderoy Lockhart scene yeah. in Chamber of Secrets. And this set was actually completely made up of old props from the movie. That's super clever. Yeah, which I thought was cool. That scene was actually like, that room was way bigger than yeah. in my head had imagined it <laughs> in, in the, from the book. So yeah. I thought it was cool. Uh, the lightning bolt scar on Harry actually had to be applied approximately uh, 5,800 times by the end of the film franchise. Daniel Radcliffe only had to get it applied 2,000 times. The rest were applied to his stunt doubles and stand-ins. Who keeps track of that number to provide it That's afterwards? That's a lot of scars, though. <laughs> yeah. Like, why are we having to replace it so Probably many times? Probably because they smudge it off of themselves or something. But I'm like, with the stand-ins, my, my thing is... 95% of the times the stand-ins is just like the back of them. Right. So why True. you just felt you needed to like really drive it home just well, in case? Aren't there like scenes where they do like close-ups of the scar? Maybe like those scenes. I he couldn't know. act those ones. <laughs> stand-ins and stunt doubles are wild to me. Yeah. Like, and I love finding movies and shows where they mess it up uh-huh. and you can totally tell that it wasn't them. <laughs> uh, so the cast of the movie 
we didn't really get introduced to two like we got introduced to like a ghost this time <laughs> she wasn't very interesting to me so i don't have anyone to talk about for the cast this so week. sad I but know. i mean we've covered everybody i feel pretty like pretty much did a everyone yeah <laughs> all right so does that mean we go straight to the games Yes, I did really well last time, so... Um, I went pretty easy on you. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe not with the spells. All right, first up is what does this spell do? First one is Fidelius Charm. Fidelius. Can you spell it? F-I-D-E-L-I-U-S. Would you like the Ooh. origin? <laughs> <laughs> yes, can I have a Use in a sentence, please. <laughs> um, Fidelius. Hmm... <laughs> I have no idea. When was this used? Um, in the battle? No. Hmm. Um, just take a wild guess. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. All right. It can be used to conceal a secret inside an inv- individual's soul. The witch or wizard who houses the secret is known as the secret keeper. Wow. <laughs> See that one that had no Latin origin. I had I could guess <laughs> right. You couldn't have figured it out from the word. Yeah. All right. Next one is relatio. Relatio. Um. You can lasso someone towards you. <laughs> uh, not quite. Um, it forces an object or person to release its hold on something, or it repels objects with the force of another object. I was not close. No, not at all. <laughs> I tried to help. Um, last one is Jamino. Jamino. Can you spell that one? G-E-M-I-N-O. Oh my gosh. Or these are Gamino. Re- I think it's Jamino, though. These are really hard. I had very few to choose from. I know. We've covered them all. <laughs> Mm. This was, well, that gives it away. Uh, it happens in Gringotts. Oh. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it causes an object to multiply rapidly. Oh, okay. That, okay. The, I get nasty because they didn't actually use that. They, they said that that was the jinx they used. I mean, it's still used. I mean, kind of. That's a freaking crazy spell it gives me anxiety super weird (laughs) all right next one is who said it okay these should be okay (laughs) all right so this one's a double so it's two people i actually thought about that i was like i wonder if she's gonna give me a conversation (laughs) well it's a short one (laughs) and you'll know it um after all this time always oh it's dumbledore and snape yes so great <laughs> next one is do not pity the dead harry pity the living and above all the and above all those who live without love oh yikes was that dumbledore too yeah wow yeah, yeah. sounds smart <laughs> um this one i'm pretty sure is not actually in the book um i wrote it down when i was watching the movie and then i was like i don't know if they actually said it but i don't know who knows uh <laughs> harry potter the boy who lived come to die Ooh. Voldemort. Yes. <laughs> and this last one is a total gimme, but I just love it and I had to use it. Okay. Not my daughter, you <laughs> bitch. <laughs> that is Queen Mrs. Weasley. Yes. I actually read that uh, the actress who plays McGonagall said mm-hmm. that that was her favorite line in the entire series. Really? <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> All right. We've we've made it to the final Yay. F. Mary kill. They're finally age appropriate. Finally. <laughs> so your options are Harry, Ron, and Hermione. All right. <laughs> I'm sure you've thought about this in length. <laughs> We're going to kill Harry. <laughs> well. Absolutely. Uh, I am going to marry Ron because I feel like we would have a nice fun life together. <laughs> Just nice laughable life. And then I will ride the Hogwarts Express with Hermione. We agree. 
There we go. <laughs> I cannot not marry Ron. He's I know. my absolute favorite. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> Finally, we made it. <laughs> All right, here we go. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. The movie opens up with Voldemort at Dumbledore's tomb, which is basically the end of the last movie. Uh, yeah, still on that island in the in the lake that he's not actually in the middle on. middle of nowhere. In the, <laughs> in the, in the book. Uh, the de- we see that the Dementors are watching over Hogwarts. Uh, we get this really kind of creepy look of Snape overlooking Hogwarts that has basically turned into like a military school. Literally. Uh, and then we also see Dobby's grave. Which is so sad. So sad. But I'm glad we got to see it. And that's kind Is that how the... the doesn't the book just start right away at the cottage? Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Bill and Floors. Yes. So speaking of the cottage, we that's our next scene is we're at Bill and Floors Cottage. However, they actually make note that it's not their house. It's actually their aunt's house mm-hmm. that they're using as a safe house, which I don't think ever gets mentioned in the book that that's what it is. is no, it? I, th- I'm pretty sure... They refer to it as Bill and Flores. Yeah. So, huh. so I don't know why that would have gotten put in there, but it did. Uh, but we get that Harry wants to talk to Grip Hook, the goblin that is is there with them, because he to re, you know refresher, they rescued him from Malfoy Manor at the end of the last movie, and he basically just wants to know more about what is inside the vault at or Bellatrix Lestrange's vault inside Gringotts, because remembering that the goblins basically run the Gringotts bank. Mm-hmm. So he says that he wants to break into Gringotts to see what's in there. Cause he really believes that there's a whole crux in there. And in return for helping them get in there, the goblin wants the sword in return. What I thought was interesting. They didn't. And Harry was, I mean, Harry's like, all right, like whatever in the book, Harry kind of has this, like, he's like, I'll give it to him. But he's like, I'm going to give it to him later. Oh yeah. They, they basically him and Ron are like, yeah, don't worry. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll make sure he doesn't really get it. And Hermione's like, that's messed up. Like right. if you tell him you're going to give it to him, give it to him. Well, and they mention at one point, like, don't trust the goblins. Like they will get what they want yep. and they will backstab you. But we don't get any of that in the movie. No. After he talks to the goblin, Harry goes to talk to Ollivander, who is the wand maker, basically, you know, asking him about the different wands that they have gotten through the battle at Malfoy Manor, that they ended up with Bellatrix's and Draco's wands because Dobby, Dobby disarmed Bellatrix and Harry disarmed Draco, mm-hmm. which ends up being a very important part at the end of the Huge. movie. <laughs> So, this is actually, we we t- briefly pr- touched on it in the last episode because technically the Ollivander part happens prior to all of this. Right. <laughs> so what he says, though, about these wands is that since whoever has disarmed them is now basically the owner of the wand, the wands, you know, reacts better to that person mm-hmm. now. So Draco's wand technically is Harry's wand now. The wand chooses the wizard. Exactly. He also asks... Ollivander about the Elder One, kind of what he knows about it, and that he then tells Ollivander that Voldemort has the wand. And once he tells him that, he's like, you're screwed. Yeah, it's over now. Yeah. <laughs> we go in, in the book, they go into a lot more detail. Ollivander, it's like a longer conversation about the Elder One and the Deathly Hollows and, yeah. and whatnot. I was fine with the abbreviated Yeah, because we, I mean, we, we basically already kind of have an understanding of what that is. Yeah. So... Now they're trying to come up with this whole plan to get into Gringotts. And one of the very first things is that they take a a hair off of Hermione 
which was Bellatrix's when they were in their little battle. I loved in the movie, they're like, are you sure it's hers? Because if we all remember the last time Hermione <laughs> tried this, she turned into a cat That's thinking right. she was, had taken a human hair. That's so right. Hermione has now turned into Bellatrix. And I love this scene because it's Helen, it's Helena Bottom Carter acting as Hermione acting as Bellatrix. Yeah. And it's so great. Well, and <laughs> only like Helena can do like it was perfect. She yeah. did it so perfectly. Cause you, you have to have like the mannerisms of Hermione almost, but yet still trying to pretend like you're Bellatrix and like, you know, right. Great. I heard that, or I read that they actually had Hermione act out this scene while Helena watched it. Mm-hmm. So she could see her manners. And, and I thought she nailed it. Yeah. Uh, so now we're at Gringotts. Uh, Ron is kind of just, dis- he's um, disguised himself <laughs> sort of like with a beard yeah. and longer hair. I didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, funny enough, this whole Gringotts scene of them trying to escape has turned into a video game. There's oh. Harry Potter and the escape from Gringotts. I think it's That's called. Cool. And a lot of the actors play their voices in, in that. So I nice. thought that was funny, but I, I love this entire scene. So they're walking into Gringotts and I love this because someone says hello to Bellatrix, which is Hermione. And she goes, good morning. <laughs> and they're like, you can't be nice to people. You're supposed to be a bitch. <laughs> yes. I love all these little details throughout the movie mm-hmm. that, that were brought into it. But you know, they've, they find out that these goblins have been warned that there could be an imposter coming as Bellatrix to get into the vault. And so right away we see the goblins are not, you know, totally buying it. And the whole reason is because they all know that Bellatrix's wand has been stolen. Right. Oh, that's why they specifically ask, like, present your wand. So we know that it's you. So, and she doesn't in the movie, she does not present the wand. And so Harry ends up using, he's, he has the cloak on with the goblin on his back. So they can't see him. So he uses the Empress curse. Imperious. Yeah. On the, on one of the goblins that's like, okay, never mind, Come on in. So they head down to the vault and I love this. I love this like roller coaster yes. scene. It was so cool. It was cool to see it after so long because we get it a little bit in Sorcerer's Stone, yeah. but this was way better and yeah. much more um, digitally nice to look at. Yes. Uh, so they end up going through this waterfall, which is called the Thieves Downfall. And when you go through it, the water hits you and it takes off any sort of imposter disguise you might have. Uh, and then they end up falling like, down this whole thing. Does that happen in the book? Not from what I can remember. No, no I don't remember like this big dramatic drop. No. Uh, but there's that a happened. lot of dramatics that were added. Maybe yes. that's why it's called a drama. Or- yeah, probably. Yeah, there are, there is, that's a good point. There's a lot of dramatic effect added mm-hmm. to this movie. But anyways, it ends up throwing them from the cart. They fall down, and, but they end up seeing their, they get to the, ugh, they end up getting to like where a lot of the vaults are. And there's this giant dragon that is, guarding it and they i think they even said it's a hungarian hornback or whatever Horn tail. What, yeah, yeah which is the one that harry had to fight in goblet of not fire not his favorite <laughs> uh but like they have this like as long as you make noise around it it doesn't attack you and i was like well that would have been nice to know in the goblet of fire right <laughs> no one no one thought of that like, well i think they trained this specific dragon it's very sad that yeah. dragon was not happy no so they get into the vault of of the Lestranges and it's filled with all this gold and all this, these thingies. Um, but they're there looking for the, is it the, the Hufflepuff cup? cup yes. Uh, Cause they believe that is the whole crux. So it, it's described a little differently in the book. It's a little bit, I, I almost felt like it's a little bit more dramatic in the book actually, mm-hmm. uh, that they find it's like way up in the corner. So they do this like, uh, like, 
the thing where Harry can kind of hang up there and like try to get it with the sword. Here, Harry just like shoots up this. Are you like, talking about Levy Corpus? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in the in the movie, Harry just starts to climb this mountain of treasure <laughs> that, like we said, what is the Gemino? Yeah, every time they touch something, it multiplies, and it gives me so much anxiety because, like, being buried alive, like, is my worst fear. Why couldn't it have like multiplied like puppies? Right, <laughs> like that would have been fine. <laughs> right, uh, but they're scared of you know it can definitely crush them, and they wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to get out. So Harry ends up getting the cup, and then, but he loses it in Harry fashion, <laughs> and Griphook takes it, the goblin that's with them, and then he basically says, "You can have it, but." give me the sword. Like I want the sword. That now. was smart of him. <laughs> yeah. And so he, they do their little trade and they actually end up getting out. Uh, somehow they, they're like trapped. And then all of a sudden they're out. They eventually found a way out, I guess. Yeah. Like, it was very yeah. like, I was almost wishing there was more of this scene. I understand that, you know, you got to cut some <laughs> things down, but I love, I wish we would have gotten a little bit more, but they end up, they go back out and the dragon now, <laughs> The dragon is now pissed off because the one goblin that they had was it Im- Imperius? Yes, or something. Yeah, he's just like sitting in front of the dragon, like egging it on, basically, <laughs> and he gets torched by the dragon. But smartly enough, Harry, Hermione, and Ron end up jumping on the back of this dragon, knowing that it's about to escape, and it flies out of of the bank. And Vault Dragon is now a free dragon. Yeah. Well, because they've, they've mentioned this, and it was mentioned, I think, in the first book uh, and movie. Like, when you're down in the depths and you don't have a goblin to take you back, you're basically going to die there. Right. So they, they were quick on their feet and yeah. chose the dragon to <laughs> fly them out of there. Very great. I had a lot of Game of Thrones, like, moment, like, or, like, <laughs> Mother feelings. of Dragon. Yeah. I was like, get out of there. But uh, so once they jump off the dragon, they jump off the dragon once they get to like a lake or whatever. Same time, Harry has a vision of Voldemort. And Voldemort is realizing at this point that the, the Horcruxes are starting to be destroyed. And then he shows a vision of Rowena Ravenclaw at Hogwarts. And so now they know like that's where he's going. That's where that's where that Horcrux is. So they need to get there. Um, one thing that I thought was, a little, I wish this would have been a little bit, more detailed in the movie because we kind of at first Voldemort like doesn't fully know that these are getting taken taken yeah, and, destroyed. and destroyed I can't even remember in the book what tips him off do you remember um no but in this specific part um he actually the vision that Harry sees is Voldemort uh interrogating a goblin yes. about uh, the break-in. So, like, the goblin basically tells him, yes, they broke into Bellatrix's specific vault. Like, he, he that's how he finds out. So it's not so much, like, um, him just, like, magically realizing it. Like, he's asking somebody okay. specifically. So that makes more sense now, because now Harry, Ron, and Hermione are headed to Hogwarts. The next scene we get is, like, the goblins are all slaughtered. Yeah. So that must have been, I guess, the replacement for that yeah. interrogation. Uh, and we actually see that Griphook was even... Mm-hmm. He was killed as well, and he's holding the sword, and the sword disappears. Interesting. Which, you know, <laughs> will come into play later. <laughs> so now they know that they can't just walk up to Hogwarts, obviously. So they head to Hogsmeade, which is the town closest, that they know that they'll be able to get into... Hogwarts from. So they apparate there and there's a bunch of death eaters already waiting. They know they set in the, in the book, we get the description that they basically set like a booby trap. Mm -hmm. So they know when someone apparates in there. So they'll, they'll know if Harry and Hermione and them come. So, but obviously it's 
not described in the movie. You don't (laughs) exactly know what's going on, but they see, they hear a voice telling them to come inside. And in the book, they're drug into Hogshead, the bar. Yeah. In the movie, it doesn't really say that. No. It's just like a house. And in the book, I think um, who they end up seeing is, is Aberforth. But I think he like gets interrogated by the Death Eaters. And he he's does. Like, he's like, oh, I was just like, you know, minding he's, my own business. Yeah. Like, he's like, I was going out. I can go outside yeah, my own house. Nothing to see here. <laughs> yeah. He kind of backs them up a lot more. Yeah. This scene was very, very abbreviated mm-hmm. in the movie, which was kind of a bummer because kind of a lot happened. They talk to him. We get a lot more backstory about the Dumbledores and whatnot. So that gets totally kind of cut out. But we do see that there's a mirror on the wall. And if you remember, Harry's been carrying around, carrying around this piece of mirror with him that he keeps seeing these blue eyes on thinking that it's Albus Dumbledore. Mm -hmm. Come to find out it's actually Albert Aberforth, who is Dumbledore's brother has the other mirror at the at his place so he's been able to keep an eye on harry come literally find, an eye yeah literally <laughs> come to find out he's the one that sent dobby to help them escape so and then he asked where dobby was and Ugh. it's really sad and he also he also tells him at this time that he got the mirror from from mundungus fletcher and that and he knew that harry was not going to be happy about that but right, it, saved it was serious mirror correct right, yeah. yep so he tells Aberforth actually like tells them like you probably shouldn't trust Dumbledore you should probably just go home and there's a lot more of that throughout in the book like there's so many things that you're like yeah you probably shouldn't trust him <laughs> <laughs> like we get a lot more detail yeah. but I understand you know you have to yeah. cut some well stuff and out. I, we, we talked about this briefly in the last episode but there are a lot of fandom um, folks that like really do think that Dumbledore in the end turns to actually be an, uh, an antagonist in this kind of series. Because, I think he does. Like even Snape mentions it at some point, like you, and we'll get to it, but like you basically set this poor kid up to die. Right. <laughs> like what was, what, what was yeah. the whole point of that? But anyway. so, but I mean, Hermione makes a good point at this point. She's like, this guy is acting like he is given up yet he's helping us. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and he's, he seems like he's still ready to fight. There's also a portrait that's hung up and it's of a girl. We come to find out that it's Ariana, their little sister who had died when they were younger. And she basically, he tells her, you know what to do. And she starts walking away from the portrait and then she comes back and it's Neville. So <laughs> She comes trippy. back with Neville. <laughs> yeah, it was really weird, but it ends up that there's a secret passageway behind that, that photograph that will lead them straight into Hogwarts. So, that passageway actually gets a lot. It, we hear about it more in the book. Like, and Aberforth actually gets irritated because so many people keep showing Coming up to go out, through yeah. it. Uh, but well, and Neville even says, he goes, Aberf- uh, he tells Aberforth, like, we've got a few more coming. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's the secret passageway that they have created since all of this happened because all of the other secret passageways have been basically cut off by the Death Eater. So they needed a way, they knew they were going to need a way to get Harry mm-hmm. back in. Uh, Neville also tells them, you know, that school sucks basically <laughs> now. And to watch out for the Caros, who are like a brother and sister pair of Death Eaters who are like basically the punishers of all the kids at Hogwarts. It's kind of funny though, like 
they come up quite a bit in the book mm-hmm. and we actually have a whole scene with them and that is the only mention in the movie really about yeah. them. So I thought It's almost that like was... they're just like, well, we'll throw it in there and then hopefully no one asks questions. <laughs> right. So they're now back at Hogwarts. They get through the tunnel and it opens up to the room of requirements. But in, in this room of requirements, it's like hammocks and everything for the kids because basically the ones that are being tortured at school have left they can't go home so they need a place to stay so it's basically Dumbledore's army yeah but multiplied (laughs) by everyone and and what was funny is that they also you know start we actually see it in the movie that Neville tells one of them, like, tell Lupin, tell Tonks that he's back. And then we see them saying lightning has struck. And that's like the sign that Harry's back Mm -hmm. in the movie or in the book. They come back, but we don't hear that they had told him like we, you know, you put two and two together, but, uh, but they need, they end up, Harry ends up telling them very pretty quickly on that he needs to find something that's in the castle that will help them beat Voldemort in the book. He kind of has this struggle between, he doesn't want to tell them. No, like they all were like, you know, we're in this with you. And like, you know, we are Dumbledore's army. We're here to help you, whatever you need. He's like, no, like <laughs> Dumbledore entrusted me with this. And I have Harry so or Ron and Hermione with me. I don't need you. <laughs> so annoying. And I know it's because he, you know, wants to keep them safe, but it's like, Bro, like, they're in this just as much as you are. Just let them help you. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. So, but in the movie, he tells them pretty much right away. And he actually asks, does anybody here know in the Ravenclaw house of something, you know, important that would have been connected with Rowena? Side note, Rowena is also another, um, like, folklore name. Um, She's in one of my favorite shows, Supernatural. She's (laughs) the main witch, and she's fabulous. Um, but Good she's, to know. Yeah. <laughs> Side note. They come to find out there's something called the lost diam? diadem. Diadem. It's a crown. It's a crown. Tiara. Tiara, yeah. whatever. And and then at this point, Ginny makes her entrance and makes eyes with Harry. And I love Ron in this moment. He's like, it's fine. I'm just your brother. Like, you haven't seen me in months. I don't care. I was like, that's something my brother would say. <laughs> Ginny is just so awkward in these movies. Yeah, she's not my favorite. No. Oh, and at this point, when Ginny comes and tells him, she know, she tells them that Snape knows Harry's in the castle. So they're like, crap. <laughs> I'm still not exactly sure how he knew at this point, though. Well, and I don't think that it happens that way in the book. Like, he, no. he's not, he doesn't get, like, um, tipped off or anything like that. No. So... At this point, though, we're back in the Great Hall and Snape is actually threatening all the students of like, if you aid Harry and or help him in any way, like you're going to be punished. If you know of anything, you must come and tell us. Come to find out it was because you needed to talk to him. (laughs) But uh, but Harry ends up walking into the doors with the rest of the order, basically. One thing we don't find out really until the very end of the movie is that Tonks and Lupin have had a baby. Yeah. They mention it um, in the book at Bill and mm-hmm. Floors because yeah. he actually shows up and like is all excited and you know. And they... I love that they, he shows him a picture of the baby and the baby's hair is changing colors. Yeah, <laughs> super cute. But yeah, we don't get any mention of it up until the end. Yeah. So, and at this point, Snape is like kind of like sets up to duel. He stands and then the queen that she is, McGonagall, comes in and starts dueling with Snape and I loved it. She's she's so great. I just it's so funny because throughout the entire series, like you could tell that she she had a like 
she favored Harry, but mm-hmm. never really like tried to show him that she favored right. him. But like this <laughs> entire scene is like, yes, I'm here for you. I am here to back you. Well, yeah. And at, at later on in this scene, McGonagall, as they're all kind of rushing out of this scene, she stops Harry and is like, Harry, it's good to see you. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> she loves him. It feels like it's been like years since they've seen I each know. other. I <laughs> know. Uh, but at this point, people just start randomly screaming and I wasn't sure why. <laughs> And then we hear Voldemort's voice. It's basically saying, give me Harry Potter. You have an hour. And I also love this part because then Filch comes in screaming like the kids are out of (laughs) there. They're out of their rooms. They're out of their rooms. And McGonagall's like, shut up. Like they're supposed to be. He's like, like, good one, Captain Obvious. Um, Not spoiler. I mean, spoiler alert. I love that Miss Norris managed to come out of this unscathed. (laughs) She's fine. She doesn't die at all. Well, yeah. Um, We only needed one animal dying. Yeah. (laughs) So also during this scene, they McGonagall tells them to, oh, did I mention that Snape is like gone? Like McGonagall scared him off and he jumped yeah, through he the like, window. Yeah, yeah. He he, um, <laughs> he became a giant black flume and and went away. Went away. <laughs> so McGonagall kind of takes the lead here, and she tells them to take all of the Slytherin house down to the dungeons. In the book, it's it's a little bit different. They kind of have this whole evacuation plan for mm-hmm. the kids. Yeah, they they basically, all the teachers get together and they're like, okay, like clearly things are about to go down in Hogwarts. So we need to try to get these kids out as, as quickly as possible yeah. and in, with any means possible. So they actually devise a plan to start um, getting everybody out. But for whatever reason, that's not really touched on in the movie. I don't know if it's implied that these kids are like, leaving or if well, they just it, all stayed it, like <laughs> i got i don't have the impression in the movie that they all stayed and in in the book they're like if you're underage you cannot stay but yeah. then like in the book some of the kids like sneak out and yeah. they do stay um which to me makes logical sense yeah. like you'd want the kids that are underage to be gone like, right you don't, you don't want them to put them into harm's way but. yeah so but i mean in the book they did talk about like if you aren't if you're of age and you stay, you're helping us. Mm-hmm. If you're here to hurt Harry or yeah. any of us, you have to go. Gotta so I think, go. I mean, that's kind of let's take Slytherin yeah. away. I mean, I get it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so no mention of that. So this is actually a scene and we'll keep talking about it. So Harry or Ron comes up with this idea to go get a basilisk fang down in the Chamber of Secrets. We actually don't hear about this till it's over right like ron and hermione basically are just missing for a little while it's almost like they created this scene strictly for to give us the kissing scene right (laughs) because the kissing scenes at a different point in the book it's not where it is but so anyway so i was actually happy that we got to actually see Mm -hmm. that part in the movie but we'll get to it in just in a little bit and then we see the teachers all starting to set up the defenses you know around the school and the protection and mcgonagall you know, has the big stone soldiers come out and go. And she's, cool. she's always like, I've always wanted to use that spell. And she's like kind of happy. And then Miss Weasley ne- next to her is like, just terrified. <laughs> well, like, yeah, she's got like half the school is her children. Right. So. <laughs> right. So while they're doing all that, Harry heads up to the Ravenclaw, Ravenclaw common room. So he's headed up there. Luna actually stops him from going up there 
in the movie. In the book, he actually goes to their common room. Yeah, they actually go up there to look at a, I believe it's like a replica yes. of the diadem, just so he can get an idea of like what he's looking for. I'm like, Harry, it's a tiara. Like, do you not know I what mean, it, he didn't on. really know that though. Like he needed to see it, make sure he knew what it looked like. So when he found it, he knew it would be like the real thing. So yes, they actually go up to the common room to, to look at it. Um, so at this point, when they are in the Ravenclaw common room, uh, the Karos, who you mentioned, um, actually try to bust in and uh, grab Harry because they know that he's fi- he, they finally know that he's here and they want to, to take him. Um, the McGonagall shows up and she's like, what are you doing? Like, what, what are <laughs> yeah. you looking for? <laughs> and he's like, I know that they're in there. There's children in there. Like, I want to open it, blah, 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 blah. Um, I think Harry is under his cloak at this point. Too, because he finally shows himself to McGonagall. He's in the, uh, in the book. He's under the cloak ninety five. Literally of the all time. the time. I'm like, that's actually smart, but also like that seems very inconvenient because yeah. walking around on a cloak does not sound like he'd be no. easy. <laughs> um, so he shows himself to McGonagall, um, and he basically tells. This is where he tells McGonagall, like Voldemort's on his way. Like, yeah. get ready. You know, create the defenses. Whatever mm-hmm. you need to do. Um, and then he asks her specifically, like. Do you know anything about a diadem? Like, mm-hmm. is there is there something that I should be looking for? What do I look for? And she's like, no, <laughs> I don't know what it is. And then he, um, once they get away from the Caros, he actually runs into Professor Flitwick, who is the head of Ravenclaw, um, hoping that he might know something more. Um, and he basically says that no one knows where it is. So no one, no one alive has no, ever seen. That's it. right. Which is important because in the movie at this point. Um, Luna's the one that tells right. him, like, no one alive has seen it. Yeah. Um, and then, again, this part's not in there, but he then goes and asks Nearly Head and the Snake because he's a ghost. Right. Um, but we don't get that in the movie either. No. We don't see Nearly Head and the Snake at all in this no. movie. I thought, I also like that we got to see how you get into the Ravenclaw common uh-huh. room is that there's like basically a riddle or a question that you have to be smart enough to answer yeah. to get into there, yeah. which is very Ravenclaw. Very Ravenclaw, <laughs> which is hilarious because it's like Gryffindor just has a, a code, which literally the fat lady can change at any point. Right. Um, there's zero thought to it. Yeah. And, and then, then I think Slytherin was almost just like Diagon Alley. Like yeah, it's a them. thing. And then we never... Hufflepuff, we don't know. No one cares about the Hufflepuffs. No, we just let everyone in. Who cares? We're all (laughs) friends. (laughs) So at this point in the movie, after he runs into Luna, and Luna is the one that tells him that no one alive has seen it, you need to talk to someone who's dead, basically. Uh, Harry goes up to the Ravenclaw Tower, where he meets the Grey Lady, who is actually Helena Ravenclaw, daughter of Rowena. We get a whole chapter of the gray lady in the book. She goes into like details about her mom and their relationship and, and the diadem and and everything. And basically she talks about how like the last person that came up to talk to her about it ended up tricking her and that basically defiled it with dark magic. And so she doesn't trust anybody. And, and Harry says like, I don't want it. I want to destroy it. Mm -hmm. And she basically is like, yeah, I've heard that before. Like, (laughs) You know, and meanwhile, while he's talking to them, the Death Eaters are getting ready to attack. Yeah. Like, it's very... This movie was very much... A lot of things are happening at once. Yeah. A lot of the other movies are scene by scene by scene. Yeah. So I like that in this one. But... So finally, she ends up telling Harry, you know, where it is. And that actually... In the very Ravenclaw way, she tells him without telling him. Right, in a she, riddle. <laughs> yeah, she tells him in a riddle and says it's in the in the castle where everything is hidden, which obviously we know is the room of requirement where 
everything is hidden. Mm-hmm. So we also get this scene where Fred and George are up on like the roof of Hogwarts together. And George goes, are you ready, Freddy? Ugh. And then he goes, yeah. And then the other one goes, me too. And it's just like knowing what happens, you're just like devastated when they're saying this, like so devastated. But now we actually, this is the scene I was talking about with Ron and Hermione with the Chamber of Secrets that we actually got added to the movie that's not in the book is Ron is speaking parcel tongue to get in because he had heard he had heard Harry talking in his sleep about yeah. <laughs> about it. I was like, Ron, you're way smarter than you give yourself. Well, he asked Hermione, like, did you notice that he does that? And she was like, No. no <laughs> Why would I, I notice that? <laughs> uh, meanwhile, we see the the Quidditch pitch has completely burned down. The Death Eaters are trying to get through, and they're at a point where they Neville's at the bridge, and they're outside like the barrier, which calling all Marvel fans right now. This gets repeated in Avengers, uh, not Endgame, Infinity War mm-hmm. at Wakanda. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's the same thing. It's like <laughs> this big barrier and they're trying to get through. Anyways, uh, and Neville, you know, Neville like is taunting them. It's like, yeah, who, who, you and what army? And I'm like, Neville. There's so many of them, Neville. <laughs> Neville, stop talking. So anyways, though, we now we're back at the Chamber of Secrets and Hermione is actually one that gets to stab the Hufflepuff cup with the fang and it basically causes this like the chamber to like fill with water and whatever. Super cool. And then of course <laughs> we finally get the kiss that you're was heard around the world. Uh this like I said, this is not the place where they kiss. They be, in the in the book in the in the book they kiss kind of as they're headed out to battle almost. Yeah, which <laughs> To me, makes a lot more, like, sense in the sense... Like, a, a lot of these movies, it's, like, that last moment where you think you're about to die and you right. have that kiss. But I, I like that this was, like, a moment just for themselves. Yeah. Like, nobody around, like, just the yeah, two of them. Yeah, because in the book, I think Harry's right next to him. Yeah. Harry's like, guys, we gotta go. <laughs> yeah. Like, we can do this later, maybe. <laughs> They're like, Harry, you've been snogging Ginny this entire <laughs> right. time. Like, let us have our moment. Right. So, they finally get their moment. and I love And I love that we got to see them you know, destroy this Horcrux. Cause mm-hmm. like I said, we, it, they just mention it in the book that happened. Right. And then at, now at this point, Harry has, has destroyed a Horcrux. Ron has destroyed one. And now Hermione has. Mm-hmm. So, you know, team effort. Uh, but Voldy is pissed. <laughs> He's pissed to the point where he knows that he is getting down to his last Horcruxes and oh, I added an L there. Oh. Horcruxes. Um, and he basically sends off this, you know, spell to the protection that starts breaking down the protection, but at the same time ends up cracking the elder one, which I don't fully remember happening in the book. This whole like scene with Neville and the bridge and stuff is completely added. Yeah. So, which, Hey, <laughs> which I like more Neville. Yes. Thank I you. liked it. It was a good ad. It's just, yeah. Yeah. So we're back at the scene where Neville is taunting the death eaters. And now the protection comes down. They realize it and start charging at Neville. <laughs> Then they run across the bridge and Neville takes down the Death Eaters. Yeah. I, I did read that everyone thinks that Neville killed the most Death Eaters because of that bridge scene. Right. <laughs> I was like, unintentional. Right. Well, and I loved, we didn't really touch on it, but like prior to all this, McGonagall's the one that kind of gave him the okay to do it. And he, she, she's like, take your boy Seamus because he, oh, yeah. he has a, a knack for like pyrotechnics. Oh, and I was yeah. like, yes. Because 
throughout the years. Like he's destroyed his eyebrows, yeah. his hair, everything because of, you know, his failed attempts. And at... they're like, make it go boom. She's like, make it go boom. <laughs> yeah. See, that's what I'm talking about. It's these little moments mm-hmm. throughout this movie that just make it for me. Uh, but we see that the, there's like a giant now that is taking out those big stone soldiers that McGonagall sent up. Uh, and then Ginny and Harry are kissing like unnecessary right whatever um more harry and ron or well <laughs> well i mean yeah i'm here for that too <laughs> hey we love all people yes. but more hermione and ron yeah so harry's now trying to find the room of requirement um and he does and it's way bigger like i said <laughs> than it was when draco was using it it was like a classroom when yeah. draco was using it um he ends up finding the crown or tiara or diadem or whatever very very quickly and it's not very well hidden it's in this like nice little box it's like ready it's like ready for his taking it's like yeah i was like that wasn't hard uh and right when he finds it draco shows up with goyle and crab's replacement because if you remember from a few episodes back uh crab didn't make it into these movies because he was locked up well i'm locked up yeah and in the book i mean we'll get here in just a few minutes goyle or i believe crab and goyle both end up dying in the book I don't think either of them get out. I know Goyle doesn't for sure. Mm, yes, you might be right. So anyways, but Crab's replacement ends up getting out. Anyways, <laughs> so Ron and Hermione end up showing up to help Harry. And at this point, Goyle actually does the killing curse towards Hermione mm-hmm. and is actually the only student throughout the this series that does the killing curse oh, at wow. Hogwarts. Yeah. Leave it to the freaking Slytherin. But I love this part because then Ron is like, that is my girlfriend. <laughs> How dare you? And you see Hermione like, yeah, that's my boyfriend. <laughs> uh, so at the same time though, so Ron goes running off. He ends up coming running back because Goyle, like an idiot, has set the place on fire with this like giant snake tiger fire it's like <laughs> special fire basically uh the trio ends up finding the brooms in you know the room of requirement because that's what they need at the time is yeah. brooms to get out which i actually meant to mention earlier that's probably why he found the diadem so quickly because it's the thing it. that he needed yeah i think that's why okay we'll, I'm go. Gonna we'll go with that um go- this is the point where goyle ends up falling off this like stack of stuff and into the fire and dies uh but the other two or Harry, Ron, and Hermione end up coming back to save Draco and his buddy at this time. Um, and I love this part because Ron's like, we are not going back to get them. <laughs> and he's like, if we die trying to save these guys, I will kill you. Yeah. Uh, but so they end up saving them. Harry actually ends up stabbing the crown at this point to get rid of it. In the book, he doesn't stab no. it. Yes. So actually in the book, um, while the dueling is uh, taking place, the diadem falls into the fire because fire is one of the things that can actually destroy. That special fire. That special fire. The snake tiger fire, <laughs> evidently. <laughs> so now it's, they're down to down another Horcrux. And again, Voldy is pissed. And at this point, he we see Voldemort with the snake, Nagini, and he says, you have to stay close to me. In the book, he actually, like, puts her in this, like, protective case <laughs> to, like, really keep her safe. Yeah. Well, and in the book, it's mentioned multiple times that he has Nagini, like, around his yeah, shoulders. Yeah, like Britney Spears. I'm like, why can't we see that in the movie? I'd like to see him wearing the snake. <laughs> She's always just slithering behind him. It's a him. giant snake. When I'm reading that in the book, I'm like, there's no way. This snake is, like, 200 pounds. Well, clearly, clearly Voldy <laughs> uh, in the book could handle it. Evidently. And at this point... 
they think that Nagini is the last quote unquote Horcrux. Mm-hmm. Dun dun dun. Spoiler, it's not. <laughs> at this point, Voldemort, he's with, I think he's with Lucius at this time. And mm-hmm. he's like, Lucius is like, just go get him. And I actually really love the Malfoys in this movie. Like, I feel like the Malfoys really took a turn for they me in this themselves. one. Kind of, I guess. I mean, they're better than they could have been. A few of them did. Yeah. But anyways, Lucius is like, why don't you go get him? Because they're concerned that Draco's still in the castle. He's like, just go get the boy. Like, and he's like, I don't need to seek out the boy. He'll come to me. And I'm like, this whole like, uh, 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 cat and mouse game is back stupid. again. I'm like, remember right. last time when you just, you know, did the killing curse? Right. Like, just do that again. Right. <laughs> and at this point he sends Lucius to go bring him Sivirus. Sivirus? Sivirus. Severus. Severus. Sivirus. Sivirus. That's probably what I thought of it. To get Snape. Okay. Uh, but we see that Hogwarts is just a wreck. It's a mess and it gives me anxiety. I'm not the cleanest person in the world, but like, I don't like getting, like, that's the one thing about movies. I hate seeing things get destroyed. Mm, you don't like rubble. No, like the <laughs> Avengers. I'm like, who is going to like fix this? <laughs> well, the good news with um, Harry Potter is you could literally just wave that's a That's very true. Uh, we also see at this point that Greyback, the, the werewolf has killed Lavender Brown, which is sad, sad, which is sad. And then we see Aberforth shows up and gives a bunch of extra protection away from the Dementors and everything. Why not? <laughs> that does not happen in the book. No, I think he eventually shows up um, briefly uh, at the final duel. Yeah. But. So now Snape and Voldemort are having a conversation. In the book, they're at the Shrieking Shack mm-hmm. at this point. This actually, I I read, is not the Shrieking Shack. It's a, it's a boat dock. Oh. It's like a boathouse. I wondered why it looked different. Yeah, I was like, what? for aesthetic purposes, I'm like... Because we had already seen the Shrieking Shack. I was like... <laughs> exactly. Let's but, bring it back. Yeah. Like, why did we need a boathouse? That had more significance than a boathouse. Yeah. It was very strange. But I, he ends up telling Snape that the wand... Or Snape is trying to tell him that the wand only will answer to Voldemort. Snape's trying to, like, convince him, like, it's fine. You're good. It's, it, it's going to work. <laughs> you got this, bud. Like, it'll work. Uh, but Voldemort actually knows that he's not... It's the wand's true owner. And that basically the person who owns the wand had to have killed the owner of it beforehand, which he thinks at this point is Snape because Snape killed Dumbledore. Disarmed. Disarmed. The previous owner. Or killed him. Or killed him. <laughs> What's important? Take, take your take your pick. Right. <laughs> yes, it is very important. So he thinks that since Snape killed Dumbledore, that Snape is now the rightful owner of the Elder Wand, which makes him believe that he now needs to kill Snape. So he sends Nagini off to kill Snape. But not yeah. before he slits his throat. Yeah, he like, po- yeah, he like slits his throat. In the book, I think Nagini actually like, boa constrictors and yeah. like snakes do yeah. in the movie. It, it, we just get these like graphic, like sounds of yeah. him getting bit by the snake. All the while, Harry, Ron and Hermione are outside of this boathouse. And I, what I was like, basically after Snape goes down, here's the one thing actually, before <laughs> we get to that point, this whole series, Voldemort is just, he just Avada Kedavra's everybody. Mm-hmm. Why, why are we trying to torture Snape? Like, it's I thought it was question. very interesting. Like, I know for the storyline purposes, Snape needed to be alive for a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, Maybe that's why. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's probably really <laughs> the only reason why. But I also thought that Harry went into that room very quickly. Like, he didn't even, wasn't, wasn't like, hey, let's wait a minute to make sure that Voldemort's actually gone. gone. Yeah. No, he went in, like, right away. <laughs> uh, but he sees 
that Snape is dying and he's crying, but he sees that the tears are a little like mucky, Mm -hmm. that they're not really just water. So Snape is telling him like, take them, take, take my memories. Mm -hmm. And then he says, you have your mother's eyes. And then he dies. And I, I guess I wish I could remember the first time I saw this, like wondering if I was like sad at the time. Oh, I cried. I most definitely cried. But you had read the book before. True. So you knew what was going to happen. Also true. Like, I remember being like, okay, why are we sad that this guy died? Because <laughs> at this point, you don't you don't know right. the whole story. So That's a very good point. Yeah. So at this point, Voldemort is now commanding the Death Eaters to retreat from the castle. And he's telling Harry, like, stop what we're doing here. Like, no one else really has to die. Come and find me in the Forbidden Forest. Which I was like, you know what? That actually is a great point. Because what basically everyone who's left now supposedly should be of pure wizard blood. Right. Which is what Voldemort wants. So it's like, why are we killing everybody at this point? So now Ron, Hermione and Harry are walking throughout Hogwarts and they go into the great hall and everyone is just a disaster. And then we see the Weasleys and then we see that Fred died. I was a little upset about how it happened in the book or not in the book, in the movie, Mm -hmm. in the book, it was like this whole moment. And the, and I think, is it Harry who actually sees him first? It's like, it's not all of the Weasleys together. Yeah. It's not like Harry, how it is in the movie where Harry looks upon the Weasleys like mourning or whatever. It's like they, they, they come upon him and then. Everybody kind of like gathers around him. and Well, and I don't even think we really get, we don't see until the very end. We don't even get the notion in the book that the, that Mr. and Mrs. Weasley even like know that Fred's dead. Right. Like I think Harry or uh, Ron and Ginny and them find out beforehand. So it's like way more dramatic in the book. Yeah. And I don't think Fred got his justice. Like obviously super sad in the movie still, but. Well, and. It, it just, to your point about how everything was happening, like, simultaneously, it kind of took away from certain things for yeah. me. Because it's, like, in the book, you had, you know, dedicated time for each thing to happen. Right. And I realize that's how a book should be. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you, you don't really get the full effect when it's, when it's all happening at the same time. Yeah. So, super sad, Fred is now dead. And we also see that Lupin and Tonks have also died. And then Harry is basically like, can't handle it. So he walks out to Dumbledore's office where he puts the memories of Snape into the pensive. Pensive? Mm-hmm. Yep. So now we are seeing Snape's memories. And I could have watched these memories for 10 minutes longer than what they gave us. I was so <laughs> sad. They like whipped through these yeah. memories. So we see two girls... Two very young girls. They're supposed to be about nine years old, I think, in the book. Um, one can do magic, one can't. We come to find out that it's Lily and her sister, Petunia, mm-hmm. who we know very well, Petunia mm-hmm. Dursley. And Petunia, like, is just basically calling Lily a freak and whatnot. And then we see young Snape come out and he meets Lily and basically says, you know, I'm different too. This is whatever. It's a lot more drawn out in the book. I think they're on a playground. Yes. as well <laughs> but we got i wish we would have gotten more of that young relationship with them mm-hmm. because then it jumps straight into them at hogwarts and we see that snape got put into slytherin lily got put into gryffindor and so i wish we would have gotten i mean it 
you still get the same effect. Yeah. But like in the book, their relationship was so tight from so young. Well, yeah. And you get a few more like glimpses of memories in the book. I realize for time's sake, they don't necessarily um, touch on those. Uh, they more, more so focus on the important ones that tell us something. Right. But still, I would have liked to get a little bit more. Yeah. Because then we see James picking on Snape again. Uh, and then we see... Snape talking to Dumbledore about the prophecy that he had heard and he knows that you know they're after Lily who he's like I can't (laughs) have him go after Lily like I'm in love with Lily and something that get a memory that gets added to the movie is actually a memory of Snape going up to their house at Godric's Hollow and seeing Lily dead on the ground Mm -hmm. that's not a memory that we get in the book but very very powerful in the movie which I was glad that they added We also then find out that when Dumbledore put the ring on from the the Gaunts, Mm -hmm. that it actually gave him a curse and was going to kill him within a year. It was slowly killing him. Yeah. So even like Dumbledore basically had a death wish at this point. It was a matter of time. So he had told Snape that if Draco fails at his mission to kill him, that Snape needs to be the one that kills him so that Voldemort will fully trust him. We also find out very importantly that Dumbledore tells Snape that when Voldemort killed Harry's parents that night, a part of Voldemort actually got transferred into Harry at that time. And he says when the time comes that the boy must die. And that's to your point, you know, a little bit ago, this is where we find out that Dumbledore, you know, Dumbledore was basically setting Harry up to die at the right time. And Snape is even like, you, you've you brought him up to be a pig to slaughter. Mm-hmm. And you've known this for quite some time. Right. And have not told Harry. And yeah. he said, you can't tell him until the time is right. I'm right. like, mm. <laughs> But essentially, it, it insinuates that Harry is the last and final Horcrux. That he never intended to make. Yes. <laughs> and then we see that Snape's Patronus is actually a doe. Which is actually, and he goes, and this is where Dumbledore goes, Lily, because Lily's Patronus was also a doe. And he goes, after all this time, and he goes, always. Oh, so sad. Dagger to the heart. And the doe um, Patronus is important because if you'll remember from part one, when uh, Harry finds the sword, or the way that he finds the sword in the lake is because a doe Patronus comes to him. So assuming that was Snape Snape helping him out. We also find out that Dumbledore tells Snape that Voldemort must be the one to kill Harry, that it's very important that nobody else kills Harry, that it has to be Voldemort. So that's all we get from the memories. I mean, it, it, in a nutshell, it's the same thing. Yeah, I mean, th- to your point, there's more, like, of them as teenagers. At one point, Snape actually calls Lily a mudblood, which is, like, you yeah. know, you don't do that. And, like, their, their friendship becomes very frayed throughout mm-hmm. the years. So now we're back in real life and Harry finds Ron and Hermione and he tells them that he's leaving for the forest in the book. He doesn't see them before he goes into the forest. He's like, I don't want to see them because I won't go. He actually does run into Neville though. In he the does. Book. And in the, in the book, he basically tells Neville, Hey, um, I'm going to need you to kill Nagini for right. me. <laughs> and in the movie, he actually tells Ron and Hermione that he needs to kill the snake. Mm. Um, because at that point, it'll be just him. Right. So, again, Neville, uh, there was no point not to have him run into Neville at this point. Right. Knowing what happens in a little bit, but who knows. So, Harry leaves to go to the forest alone. At the same time, he's 
now walking in there and he's holding this, the snitch that Dumbledore had left him in his will. And he basically just tells him, tells it like, I'm ready to die. Which if you remember on it, it says I open at the close, which means, I guess close means close of close of life. Mm -hmm. And so it opens up and the resurrection stone is inside in the movie. He's surprised. (laughs) He had no idea it was going to be in there in the book. He know he mm-hmm. is guessed that that's what's in there. Yeah. He still didn't know how to open it at the time, but he knew it was there. Yeah. Which I loved because it, it's, again, it almost like has a nod to Sorcerer's Stone when he finds the stone in his pocket yeah. through the mirror. Mm-hmm. I like that. It kind of full circle. Yeah. So when he gets the Resurrection Stone, we now see his mom, his dad, Lupin, and Sirius are all there. He talks to them and they basically don't have anything like really important to say. Just be like, <laughs> it doesn't really hurt to die, but like, we'll be here with you. Yeah. Um, he ends up dropping the stone right after that. And then they go away. He does drop the stone in the book as well. In the book, he, he mentions later that he's going to go back and find it. After he drops it here, we never even hear about it again. Mm-hmm. We also see now that the Death Eaters have Hagrid tied up. This is the first time we see Hagrid in the book. We see Hagrid a little bit earlier. He goes running after like some spiders, I think, to fight the spiders. Um, At that point, Harry almost thinks that he has died. Yeah. He's basically convinced himself that Hagrid is is dead and gone. So Harry's now there in front of Voldemort and he basically just stands there. He doesn't try to fight. There's no nothing. There's no reason to. He knows he has to die. Yep. And then we get the most dramatic ever Avada Kedavra we will ever get <laughs> in the entire series um, from Voldemort. And he, quote unquote, kills Harry, which is basically how it happens in, mm-hmm. in the book as well. So now Harry ends up in, you know, what we got to believe is limbo at this time. It's just basically this giant white room, which is actually King's Cross. And he, he's there and he has no glasses on. But in the book, he's actually naked when he gets there, which I'm like, thank you. We didn't need to see a naked. No, we already saw him shirtless once. I don't need to see it again. So when he's there, he also sees um, a little skinned baby Voldemort under the bench, which is very similar to the one that we saw at the very, you know, when he was resurrecting in Goblet of Fire. Itty bitty Voldy. Yeah, itty bitty Voldy, that guy. So he's under the bench just basically dying and Dumbledore shows up. I don't know where. And he's like, just leave him. <laughs> he's like, there's <laughs> you nothing. Can't save him. You can't save him. Uh, he tells Harry that he basically has a, cha- a choice to go back if he wants to, that he's not fully dead yet. And he ends up telling him, he, he, I don't know. They have this conversation that I, I didn't really go anywhere for me in the movie. At least I mm-hmm. felt like we got a lot more in the book and Dumbledore gives him a lot more information yeah. than he did in the movie. Yeah, he, he goes through an entire, like, backstory of his search for the Deathly Hollows with Grindelwald and mm-hmm. how it basically tore up their friendship because Grindelwald's, like, mo- uh, motives were much different than than uh, Dumbledore's were. Um, he mentions that um, in the first duel between him and Grindelwald is when his sister Ariana was killed. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't even know who struck the killing, you know, um, curse that killed her. He, he yeah. to this day, still thinks that he's at fault, um, that he may have killed her. Um, and then here is where Dumbledore actually tells Harry that um, the resurrection stone that was in the Gaunt's ring that blackened him and eventually killed him, um, that that's, you know, what he was after and 
he was able to get it. So we get a lot more stuff. I feel like in the movie it was very just like whimsical and like, like I'm just going to be really philosophical here, yeah. but not really give you that much information. Right. Well, and even I think at this point, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't he the one that tells Harry who the elder one actually belongs to? Mm, yes. Because in the, yes. in the movie, Harry basically puts it together himself. And yeah. I'm like, I don't think you did that. No. I think somebody told you that. The movie gives Harry way too much credit. Right. <laughs> so, but also, so now in the movie, the only other thing that Dumbledore really says, you know, there's been this kind of overarching theme of at Hogwarts, help will, help will always be given at Hogwarts when someone asks for it or needs it. Mm-hmm. He basically revises himself and says, help will always be given at Hogwarts to people who deserve it. And then it basically just like fades back to Harry in the forest now. So Harry is now chosen to come back. Harry's lying there, dead, presumably. And Voldemort sends Narcissia, Malfoy's mom, to go check and see if he's dead. And while she's down there checking to see if he's breathing, she whispers, is is he still alive? Asking, is Draco still mm-hmm. alive? In the movie, we don't get the verbalization of Harry saying yes, mm-hmm. as we do in the book. He yeah. actually says yes. He, like, whispers it to her. Yeah. And so at this point, Narcissia tells Voldemort that he's dead. So at this point, we see that the, the Malfoys are, as long as they just don't want themselves to die. Right. <laughs> so, They're very selfish people. Yeah, but it helps Harry out in this, point, in this point. In the book, they actually, Voldemort actually, like, plays with Harry's body. And he, like, does the Cruciatus curse mm-hmm. on him. And Harry's trying to, like, struggle to pretend like pretend he's still he's dead, dead and, and whatnot. So I was fine that we didn't get yeah. that in the movie. Um, but now we're back at Hogwarts again. And Neville's kind of walking around. And he finds the sorting hat. And if you listen very carefully in the movie, you kind of hear this, like, if a sword was being yeah. released like from a... a yeah. <laughs> So a little foreshadowing there. Then we see Hagrid is carrying Harry, you know, Harry's quote unquote dead body up to, up to Hogwarts with Voldemort leading the way. And he says, Harry Potter is dead. Um, Come forward and join us or die. And I love this point because Draco's not moving. Nope. Draco's like, I'm not coming over there. And his parents are like, Draco, (laughs) get over here. I actually had, I I read that the scene was actually written differently. That at one point Draco had thrown his wand to Harry to help Harry. And he didn't go over at all. But they ended up scratching that and having what it was. Also, at this point, when Draco walks over, Voldemort hugs him Mm -hmm. and it's a really awkward hug. I guess that was completely ad-libbed and that Rafe just like went and randomly hugged him and that Draco like stopped because he didn't know what what to do or Tom Felton didn't know what to do, which actually made it into the movie because it was kind of awkward. Well, it is. And like, it's so out of character for Voldemort to do something like that. So it was weird (laughs) that we got that. Yeah. So, but at this point, Neville hobbles up. Neville. Like the true king he is. And then they make fun of him. Like the jerks they are. Right. And he pulls out the sword. And he now has the sword. And at the same time, Harry pops up <laughs> and is alive. And then all the Death Eaters just start popping away. They're, they just go, including the Malfoys. The they're Malfoys like, are gotta out. Gotta go. And now they're back inside the school, which I believe in the, the movie, like, or in the book, excuse me, 
it all happens kind of right out in that courtyard area. They don't go back into the school. Uh, they do because so in the book, um, Neville actually tries to like attack. Yes. Mildly. Um, he actually gets knocked over and that's when they like, you know, make fun of him. Voldemort actually takes the sorting hat and lights it on fire. Oh, yeah. Um, so it, it doesn't really happen in the way that we get it in the movie where uh, Neville finds it magically. Um, but then randomly, like once that happens, like chaos ensues. Um, Harry yet again hides under the cloak and then like follows Voldemort into the castle oh, where like gotcha. they, they do um, have a bit of like a dual scene um, within the actual castle because like the centaurs show up, the house elves show up. Like, oh everybody yeah, your shows house up. elves. Yeah, everybody, yeah, everybody shows up and like actually tries to like help and, and it becomes like a whole thing, but we yeah. don't get any of that. So we do get in the movie quite the dueling scene of Harry and Voldemort mm-hmm. though, like a lot. Yeah, just a lot not more than I thought. the way that it's described in the book. <laughs> right. And and then here's one of the best scenes that we talked about earlier. Uh, Bellatrix tries to jinx or curse Ginny mm-hmm. and Molly Weasley pops in and she goes, not my daughter, you bitch. And then she ends up killing Bellatrix, which so is great. so great. The way she killed her was so perfect. Oh. She like froze her and then literally like combusted her. <laughs> oh, it was so great. And it's actually one of the only scenes um, that you actually see a Death Eater die. Mm, you don't really see men. You see them that they're dead, mm. but you don't actually see any of them getting killed. Well, I feel like we needed to give Bellatrix that yes. much at least. Yes. Uh, Harry, at the, I love this one part. At, Harry calls Voldemort Tom at <laughs> one point, which I was great. I love because Dumbledore did that a few mm. episodes ago. Uh, in the book, he actually calls him Riddle, though. Yeah. So, but I, I love the Tom. Either way, Voldy hates that name. <laughs> right. So. He hates it. So, and at this point, Harry, you know, is taunting Voldemort and is basically saying the wand is never going to be yours. It never, never will be. And then they fall off the tower and they go flying around the school. And it's really like weird because that definitely, I don't think that happens in the book, Mm -mm. but it was kind of cool, I guess. The thing that we don't get in the movie that we got in the book is Harry actually tells Voldemort that the that Dumbledore's death was planned like oh, Snape yeah. duped you um that Draco was the true master because mm-hmm. he's the one that disarmed Dumbledore that night that he mm-hmm. was killed basically like giving Voldemort all of these details like we get it later when he's talking to yeah. uh, Hermione and Ron but like it was I felt like it was such so much more like um uh like in your face right that Harry got to be the one to tell Voldemort like your plan like fell through yeah but, he like, never actually even tells him no. in, in the movie uh, at this point, the sna- Nagini and the snake is trying to like attack as well. And he's just about to attack Ron and Hermione. And Neville comes in and just slashes the the snake's head off and kills the snake with the Gryffindor sword. What a hero. So great. I felt like it was way more... Is that, I don't think that's happened. That's not how it happened in the book, was it? Uh, no, he actually kills Nagini like right off the bat. Yeah, when the when thought. the chaos ensues, he immediately just like yeah. chops her head off. But this was better in <laughs> <Yeah>. my book. <laughs> so really though, now it's just Harry and Voldemort. We know that all the Horcruxes have now been destroyed and they're dueling basically just like they have been this whole time, the red and the green. And then all of a sudden Harry's just overpowers Voldemort, cracks the wand. Voldemort's dead. And he Thanos out of there. <laughs> Did you totally notice did. that? Yeah. It's literally like if, if you got anybody has seen Avengers Infinity War Endgame, when the snap happens, that's exactly what mm-hmm. happened to Voldemort. Yeah. Like copyright out of there. <laughs> Technically, this came first. It did come first. <laughs> so someone's have to explain something to me. But anyway, so now Voldemort's dead. We win. Yay! Yay! Victory! I remember, total t- tangent, but I remember um, 
before like there were there were people that obviously never read the book and read the movie but like the the um joke that kept going around was that harry did die and like that mm. was like the whole like plot twist yeah. at the end was that harry died and this was all for nothing yeah for real though <laughs> which would have been terrible yeah but. i did read something that daniel ratcliffe thought that at least one of the trio was gonna die i mean i'm glad it didn't happen true but i would have understood i mean i hate to go keep going back to avengers but they keep killing those ones. <laughs> That's true. So, uh, but now he goes back into the great hall to see everyone. It's kind of like a bittersweet moment, but we do see Ron and Hermione holding hands, which is super cute. Very cute. And so then he, they're walking. Oh, but then he brings Harry and Hermione out and he, that's when he, like you said, explains, you know, that about the wand and Draco and disarming mm-hmm. and everything. And that's where we basically find out that whole sequence of events and they're standing at the bridge or one of the bridges of Hogwarts. <laughs> and they basically ask Harry, you know, like, okay, hey, that's your wand now. What are you going to do with it? And he breaks it. And he, in the book, he does not break the wand. No. Um, in the book, the trio actually go back to Dumbledore's office um, to talk to Dumbledore's portrait. Uh, he, Harry basically tells him he did drop the resurrection stone, uh, in the forest. And to your point, like he says that he's going to go back and find it. Um, he actually uses the elder wand to fix his own wand, which is genius. So smart. Like that's, that's so smart. (laughs) Um, but he does say that he's going to put the elder wand back where, where it was, which is essentially with Dumbledore in his grave. So because he figures that if it stays there and when Harry dies, the power of, Mm -hmm. of the wand will go away. I mean, I get the dramatics of breaking the wand, but essentially it does the same thing. The whole point is he doesn't want anybody else to be able to get this power and use it for bad. I don't know. I just, he's just snapped it like a little kid. Well, I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> but they're at the bridge and we see Ron, Harry, Hermione, and we fade to black. And then 19 years later, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Were you happy as a Harry Potter fan that you got this 19 years later? I, I was. I will say, um, I don't know why they made them look so old. Yeah. Because, like, I, at the age that their kids are at, they're probably, what, late 20s, early 30s? Like, God, do I look like that? Well, so <laughs> let's say they're 17. 17 okay. that night. 17 plus 19 is what? I don't know. I'm not good at math. <laughs> hey, Siri. What is 17 plus 19? 17 plus 19 is 36. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're what, 33? Yeah. You don't look that old. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> I very much appreciate that. Yeah, they did have, like, gray hair yeah. and everything. And, and the fact, yeah, I don't know, whatever. That was, like, my only gripe with it. Yeah. But, yes, I was glad that we got the 19 years yeah. later. So, but we're now at King's Cross, and we see old Harry and old Ginny. Obviously, they've gotten married and had kids. We see Draco and his wife and their son. And then we also get to see Harry, or we get to see Hermione and Ron, and they're old as well, and they have kids. Uh, I was kind of sad that we didn't get to hear all of the names of mm-hmm. all the kids. The only, I mean... We see the initials of the Potter kids, but we don't find out that their youngest daughter is named Lily, Lily Potter. We do find out that the middle child is Albus Severus Severus Potter. (laughs) And then we do find out that their oldest son is named James. Mm -hmm. James. I feel like I should know this. Serious Potter. Yes. Duh. Yeah. And then I can't remember what hair or what Ginny or... And I can't remember what Ron and Hermione's kids are named, but they're kind of goofy names. Isn't one Rose? <laughs> yeah, Rose and like 
something like Otto or something weird <laughs> like that. But I wish we would have got to see. And then we also find out that Draco's son's name is like Scorpio. Yeah. Scorpius. <laughs> Scorpius. And I only know that because I, well, they mention it, but um, uh, Cursed Child, yes. which came out years later, um, is all about the kids. Yeah. Because we see, we see that Albus is the, is the, or the middle child who is going off to Hogwarts for the very first time. And he tells he's standing there talking to Harry and is like, I'm scared that I'm going to get, you know, put into Slytherin house. And he tells him, you know, you're named after two of the headmasters of, of Hogwarts. And one of them was a Slytherin and the bravest man Mm -hmm. I knew. And, but he said, you know, if you want to be in Gryffindor, you can be put in Gryffindor. Spoiler. He actually ends up going, actually ends up getting sorted into Slytherin. Mm -hmm. If you've read Harry Cursed Potter Child. and the Cursed Child. Which isn't the best book, yeah. but it's fine. <laughs> uh, but the the Hogwarts Express takes off. And it's the freaking end, man. And I think this is the very first time the book ended exactly how the movie ended. There's just two minor things that we actually get in the book, which I'm uh, a little bummed we didn't get. We find out um, that Teddy Lupin yes. is also a student at, at the school, as well as Neville is a teacher. Yes, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. He's, the, he's the herbology teacher. Yeah, which is so perfect, <laughs> so fitting. Yeah, but I mean, in the same, at least we get the same scene Scene, as well, yes, absolutely. So. Yeah, I wish we could have gotten a couple more of those little, little notes. Yeah. But. So that's it. We did We're it. done. We are finished. <laughs> Thank you for everyone who has listened to these. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah. Hopefully we did it justice. <laughs> I hope so too. I really enjoyed it. I, I, yeah. I'm curious to know, did you enjoy it? Are you happy that you read them? I am happy that I read them. Um, and I, I would lie if I said it wasn't a struggle to do it in seven weeks. Yeah. It was kind of a lot. Yeah. I was a little exhausted to be perfectly honest. So but safe I'm, to say we won't do any um, series, book series <laughs> Maybe not ones that have seven movies, eight books. All right. But never say no. I guess there was just some that were really long. Yeah. At fair. least the Twilight books are long, but there's only with like four of them. Good point. So, but, okay. So, but can you say that this movie stayed true to the book? Uh, yeah. I mean, there's so much like granular detail that we, we get in the book, um, which is a reason why, you know, it's one of my favorites. Um, but yeah, you get the scenes pretty much are similar how you know the duel between harry and voldemort happens is similar so yeah for the most part i'd say yes i do as well so book or movie on this one book even if it's like the first the whole book yeah the the book as a whole (laughs) because like i've mentioned multiple times i feel like this should have been one movie anyway absolutely so yeah um i gotta go with the movie because the movie is listed as my top one so i gotta go with it but the book was very good i did really like this this book but yeah it totally could have just been one movie (laughs) all right that's it for this one make sure to hit subscribe on your podcast app if you're listening on apple Podcasts, go ahead and give us a rating and leave us a review you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Boovie Girls. You can also email us at theboviegirls at gmail.com. And like we mentioned earlier, we are on Patreon. We have a couple of levels for you. We've got our rom-com level, which gets you episodes 24 hours in advance. You also get access to our care and reviews. Then there's our drama level that gets you everything I already mentioned. And then you also get a sticker for joining, a shout out in a future episode, and something fun we've got planned. Want to tell them, Hannah? Yes. So we will still be putting out our regular episodes every week, but we are going to be starting our very first Netflix series. Yeah. Which will only be for our Patreon listeners. We'll, we'll give you a little teaser on the regular platforms, but most of them will all live on the Patreon platform for those, for our patrons. Yep. Uh, and we're starting off with Firefly Lane. 
by Kristen Hanna. Which has literally been everywhere. Literally everywhere. It just came out, I think, last week on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And the beauty of Netflix is you get all the episodes, you know, all at once. So for your binging pleasure. Um, But yeah, we're going to be reading the book and we're going to do an episode by episode breakdown Mm -hmm. of the series. Um, I've heard some early rumblings that there are some changes. So it'll be interesting. A very popular radio station this morning was talking about and I turned it off because I didn't want any spoilers. (laughs) That's funny. I mean, my my Bookstagram account, uh, unfortunately, doesn't allow me to get you know I'm, i purposely fast forwarded through a bunch yeah. of stories but there there are some there's some heated discussions going on about well, it so. i'm excited yeah so. well and kristen hannah is one of the most popular authors right now yeah. she is blowing up so i'm excited to read it and yeah. watch yeah so but for our regular feed coming up next though um we are doing the hate you give which i've heard great things about both the book and the movie Same. uh the kid who plays uh, the main male role in the movie is on a show that I watch, Riverdale. Okay. Uh, he's just like a background character mm-hmm. or like a side character. So I'm excited to watch him in like a lead role. So we'll see. Yeah. I don't know too much, um, but I'm very excited to your point. It was very highly recommended, um, both book and movie. So it should be a good one. All right. Thanks for listening. And remember, don't judge a book by its movie. Bye. Bye.